Welcome to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. I'm Heather, your host, and I'm here with... Jeremy. And Will. It's good to be here with my favorite podcast friends. Yeah. Oh, now we're podcast friends. I know. That's that's actually a, a ring below. below work friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's interesting. I'll take it. Yeah. I have no response because everything you just said is true. <laughs> it's, it is true. So I'm, I'm really... I'm glad that you're here. I'm um, glad you're here. Well, you know, you offended me, and I'm glad Jeremy and Baker are here wow. to witness it because we have something to discuss. Whoa, I feel oh, yeah. this became an intervention because we've been hanging out for a while before we hit record, and um, so you've been waiting to spring this on me. Actually, can I? Can You're I, hanging out with my wife before, and children just before this. I, I just like want to say I appreciate the color coordination between your earrings, your vest, and your shirt. I wish you intentional. I wish you had. I wish you had a head coat on there. I. Intentionally Whoa. did not wear one. Oh my today. gosh, that's really offensive, Will. Offen- that she doesn't have a head covering? No, that you would bring that up. I'm so sorry. You know what? Joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's got a hood. Yeah, there you go. Hurry right. this so that I can put it on when I come into the. Church. I have offended you in some way. Uh, oh yeah, publicly, actually. Yep. Um, do you not know what you do you not no. are you gonna pretend like you let's didn't say back, that this let's weekend? Go back to yesterday. I have no idea. Let's go back to yesterday. This was at church. Oh. Where else you were be? supposed to be in church, yeah. Ooh. You were on your phone in the middle of the church. Bam. What was Bam. I doing? I asked you what number I was on your camping list, yep. and uh. you replied that I was on a different list. Yeah. Two minutes before you were supposed to take the stage and preach. <laughs> oh. And then I sent him a text message, and mm-hmm. I said, I am very offended by what you said, yep. and I would like to discuss it. How do you respond? Uh, Will Basham is unavailable to receive oh, notifications. Oh my gosh! So you know what? And then I then I took back to Facebook. You sent me a text message. Yeah, oh, and that's Big exactly Pets what it said. Are too busy to Mister Busy is can't can't uh, answer a text. And then checking my text messages now. It didn't send because I was an Omar. That's oh, not the point. That's, that's not the point. That's not the point. Okay, right. it did, yeah. No, it did send me the notification back that you were not receiving yep, notifications. That's why it didn't send? So I took to Facebook it. and I said, you know what? That's really rude. Yep. I'm going to pray for you right now, and you hearted it. You hearted it. Yeah, I love that you were Instantly. praying for me. Thank you. Mm. Thank Instantly. you for your prayers. Mm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How are you even on Facebook? How'd that happen? <laughs> when did you get on Facebook? I got released yesterday morning, to be exact. <laughs> they just let you out? Like, is there not like, do you have like an ankle monitor or, you know, something? I'm restricted. That... <laughs> I'm not seeing certain I'm, people's messages. I'm restricted. I, I didn't even know Jason made a post over the weekend with me tagged in it with oh, some sort of jacket that he... everyone knows about your Facebook drama. Um, yeah. So, I, like, I've not receiving certain people's notifications and stuff, so I don't Facebook, know what's happening. Actually, like, Facebook corporate sent out a notification to every, you know, like, the one or two billion users that said, like, beware of this woman, and it had, like, yeah. your picture. It was like a mugshot. She's, right she's been released. Yeah. <laughs> be, be wary. Yeah. If, she, if she's commenting on your status, is blocked. Approach actually, with caution. I actually went through and blocked everybody that I thought I could possibly threaten. Really? I, I'm not I blocked. Had to. That's in, that's encouraging. You were. I was on oh. somebody else's. I was on somebody else's picture okay. posting. That's funny. Okay. So you are blocked at the moment. Right. There's a lot of people blocked. Okay, sorry. Mm. No, just kidding. Not really. We're going to discuss it further after the podcast is over. Yeah, we it can, was really we offensive. Can that yeah. Offline. Very offensive. Yeah. Because you know, I assumed I was your friend, but now I'm just your podcast. I kind of feel like I'm offended. But not that I want to be there for your conversation afterwards. But I'm very offended too. What yeah, are you, you should be. Oh, she's offended. Oh, okay. Are you offended against me or against him? No, no, I'm on team. Because you know how it feels to be offended by him and hurt by him daily. 
daily. Daily. And so, okay. Yeah. See? Okay. I'm glad we're here today. We're talking about a lot of... <laughs> Listen, I can't wait for Christian today to have a podcast about this church. Christian today. Whatever it's called. It's Christianity today. Whatever. <laughs> Christian today, atheist tomorrow. <laughs> All right. That's a different podcast. It's a smaller churches. Christian oh my today. gosh. <laughs> Are you all ready for today's topic? Probably not. But we'll this try. is more low key. Um, so we have we have kind of a list of topics we want to cover the next few next month or two, and this is kind of more low key. Um, I took straight to the Google on this one. Okay, to prepare. All right, that's my best kind of um, preparation. We are going to talk about debatable passages of scripture. Oh my goodness. Or debatable oh, things yeah. in scripture. Okay, so this is we what had I, a we had a scripture debate at my small group last night. Really? Nice. Yeah. What did you all debate on? Uh, we talked about um, in Ephesians two eight or nine. I can't remember which verse where it says um, you're saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. What it is referring to, whether it's referring to grace or faith. This is, has to be one of the most debated ones. Oh, it was so much fun. And you know what? It's not even on the list. Well, I told him that <laughs> it refers to faith. It has to. Book closed. We moved on. So, it, so you disagree? didn't leave it open for debate then? Yeah, I think I think I was in the minority. I, I convinced them. They were. You know, I had a really good argument. Um, they were they were all convinced. If you're in the group, group and you were not convinced, please let us know because he seems very <laughs> confident and arrogant in his. Everyone everyone convincing. thought it was referring to grace, and so, I was like, no, it's referring to faith because grace and and gift are synonyms. It would be very redundant. Um, yeah, and yeah, unnecessary in Greek. Right. And so I was like, it is referring to faith. Faith is given to us. Paul is having to clarify, listen, you have no room to boast. Yeah. Well, duh, when it comes, if if it is grace. Yeah. So we talked about like, why, like, are are we just like nitpicking words and why does it matter? I'm like, well, it changes the implications of the verse. And um, because if it, you know, if the the gift is just salvation, um, then that means one thing but if the gift is faith that means we don't conjure up salvation on our own by you know mustering up faith from our own soul but actually god has to wake us from the dead and give us faith which is the whole point of ephesians 2 is yep. that paul's making the case that we can't decide to save ourselves preach it god has to be sovereign in that work so it was a really good discussion but that was just i was just giving that as an That's example a, you know what you know what's a really good it's a good group of, group guide yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoever wrote the group guide, it was Jeez. really helpful. Very nice. Kind of sparked this um, very productive debate. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Ready? Sure. Sure. Yep. Unicorns. What? Unicorns. Oh, I know what this is. Unicorns are mentioned not once, but many times throughout the Bible. In the KJV. Yes. Yeah. In certain versions of the Bible, yeah. unicorns. King James Version. We'll yeah. just name it. Certain <clears throat> versions. Yeah. So, um,. The King Jesse version. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I thought that was so funny. King Jamie, King but Jimmy, Jose, King Jose. <laughs> Listen, the fact is, yeah, it's only in the King James. I don't know why it, it calls him that. I don't even. I don't even know why. But you have the passage. Um, Isaiah thirty four seven says, and the unicorn shall come down with them, and the bullocks with the bulls, and their land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. Psalm twenty two twenty one says, save me from the lion's mouth. For thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. Deuteronomy thirty three seventeen says, His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. All right, which one do you take? Isaiah? Yeah. Okay, I'll take Psalm. But, uh, can you give me the, the passage? 22, here? 21. All right, so the, most likely, uh, the, the reason it's only the King James is, is obviously the time frame that it was written in. 
Um, I don't even think they really. I don't. I don't think they really believed in unicorns. But you can see there is definitely a. Um, and this is for your King James onlyists, but the, this there was definitely some liberty taken in some translation, and this would be a really good example. Um, okay, so uh, Psalm twenty-two. What was it? Uh, what verse? Twenty-two, twenty-one. Oh, hey, Julie. Hold on for just a second. Hold on for just a second. Um, I didn't hear what you said. What verse? Twenty-two, twenty-one. Twenty-two, twenty-one. Sorry, my phone. For the last me. time. I oh, listen. I'm sorry. All right, so 22, 21 says, I will tell you, uh, okay, I don't have, are you sure that's 22, chapter 22? Chapter 22, verse 21. Okay, here it is. Save me from the mouth of the lion, you have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. So what do you got? ESV translates Isaiah 34 as wild oxen as well. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to the Hebrew. Uh-oh. Which says this. Hang on. I'm holding, man. I have Strong's H, 7214. <laughs> Re-aim. re I would have never been able to roll my R like that. Re-aim. So ram. <laughs> oh, there's lots of entries. I don't know how oh. to make it stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. just gonna keep telling me Hebrew. So. Okay, so oh, it stopped. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for the tech help, Baker. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't get my phone to stop speaking Hebrew. Came at me. Out, yeah. Um, yeah. So this says um, probably wild bulls, which are now extinct. The exact meaning is not known. So it's a word describing an animal that. Um, is apparently no longer um, named or with us, and so th- these these are. Uh, I think there are multiple of these. Um, if I could like go away from just unicorn to other animals that are mentioned, yeah. Um, so you have in Hebrew like behemoth, leviathan, these creatures that are actually described. They're not just named, but um, but aim would be another one. And so you have these uh, descriptors of animals that their descriptions and what they meant in that language aren't seemingly around anymore. Um, animals go extinct all the time. So one take would be, yeah, they were actually unicorns and they unicorns were real and they were just extinct. Which, um, which is what the, okay. So it, let's, if the King, if, cause this isn't like, um, the translator of, of King, the King James the way, would have to have said that. Then. Yeah, I think so. Yes. But by the way, if, if it was a horned horse, yeah. like a unicorn. Doesn't mean it poops rainbows. That doesn't, <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't oh, mean it poops rainbows. My God. Doesn't mean it had to fly. Yeah. Uh, we think of unicorns as really like silly, magical, mystical things. But that doesn't. So, I, for that's not my position, but it, it's not too far fetched to think that there could have been a horse that had a horn. Oh, I thought you were saying it wasn't your position that they weren't magical. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't think they're magical. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But I think I think it it tends to describe um animals that that maybe are not they would have called them with the, us anymore. The Italian stallion. Maybe. Okay. You know what I need? <laughs> I need those gummies that relax you and calm you. Those aren't legal in our I'm state. I'm speaking to Baker think. right now for our listeners. I'm looking at Baker because he's the only one. Not being ridiculous. Well, no, he wasn't being ridiculous. I was the only one being ridiculous, but I was yeah, just I wasn't being ridiculous. I was just saying there could have been you. there could have hey. been some kind of mammal with a with a singular horn, like a rhinoceros, but a mammal. 
that's or not, that's not crazy. I don't to think, think it has to be. It has to have gone extinct. I don't know why they. Why are they claiming this thing went extinct? Because so in the lexicon that I looked it up in, it's on Blue Letter Bible um, from the Strong's Concordance. The reason it it is extinct, believed to be extinct, is because that that particular word stopped being used in antiquity to describe yeah. an animal. Yeah, I don't know. Just, it's kind of just like a lost word. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Are there, so that's why, like, yeah. So, uh, some. That's why a lot of translations say oxen or wild oh. wild oxen because they're just saying it's not an extinct animal. Same thing though, like with behemoth. Um, some translations call it a hippopotamus or an elephant. It does not just sound like a hippopotamus though. Well, because it says it describes behemoth's tail being like a cedar tree. Yeah, I've seen um, the hippo. Listen, there's yeah. a lot of really good YouTube videos of of the hippo hippos pooping dangly tail and, yeah. no, and, they, and they use their tail to fling it yeah and it's not like a cedar it's more like <laughs> it's a definitely not violent like a string um so oh my gosh. i think behemoth was a dinosaur um personally but i don't think it was a dinosaur but i i got gotcha. you yeah that's what i think okay. but rain it back still in. an extinct animal mm-hmm. no, look no, up nothing to rain in we're not getting too crazy we don't need to settle down nobody said that uh, that's what you're so insinuating you, settle down. you know what he just doesn't listen to women. He doesn't. He doesn't get it. When their heads aren't covered. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'm not laughing. I'm crying. This hurts my heart that Look you would say Look up Genesis I'm 3, Jeremy. <laughs> all right. I know it all that. Jeremy. Genesis okay. 3. Genesis 3. Genesis, he's got Genesis 23. 3 memorized. What, what verse? <laughs> Here we oh. just tried to look it up from the back of his phone. He had his phone backwards. <laughs> Genesis so 3, flustered. 22 and 23. Uh, oh, that verse. This is the second one. The apple incident, which we know it wasn't an apple. It was a fruit. It could have been an apple. It could have been. We just don't know. The apple incident wasn't why God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. Though many people believe God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden because Eve couldn't keep her curiosity or hunger in check at the tree of knowledge. <laughs> it was really to keep them from eating from a second often overlooked tree called the tree of life. In Genesis 3, 22 and 23, God implies that once humanity knew of the existence of good and evil, the last thing he wanted was them taking a chomp out of the tree of life's fruit too, which would make them immoral. Immortal, sorry, not immoral. Immortal. Immortal. <laughs> immortal. Until he could tell which side they were going to take. Okay, that is, where in the text do you see that? Well, Genesis three twenty two and 23 is what I asked you to look up. It's where it implies that that's what God implied. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, in knowing good and evil. Now lest reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Golden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. So what's your what take on that, Will? What using to play That's that? Dwell. That was That's Dwell. Dwell app. It was Dwell. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was Felix. That was, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I, I, okay. So what they're saying is that here he, the Lord God said, behold, he's going to become just like one of us. What's the question? Uh, did God really kick Adam and Eve out of the garden because he didn't want them to eat from the tree of life, which would cause them to be immortal? Yeah, I think so. So it wasn't because they ate from the tree of no, good no, and no. evil. No, I, I, it was to can, keep them from. Can it from, not be both? I mean, I guess I could. Yeah, I, I think I think what this is implying is that because they ate from the tree of good and evil, they would know um, the power that they could have with the tree of life, which would make them immortal, and then they could, you know. So, so this is an interesting. Text. First, let me let me walk back my surprise. That's a that's a better that's a better argument than what I thought. I said, where they get that from? 
Right. That's a good. That's a that's a good question. So, all right. Um, I okay. So why are they kicked the tree, out? The tree of life. Um, it, let me let me. It's not like this like magical. I had something really big to say, but it was okay. You go ahead, Will. No, I was. Just, let <laughs> yeah, me. Just, you're fine. Let me just preface this whole conversation. Okay, the yeah, tree yeah. of life gave life. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil brought death. And so once they brought death into their physical bodies and they began to decay, all of that process has started when the moment they disobeyed God. And so the tree of life was um, going to bring the, the life and health. And God, you know, they, they had failed the test. And so God removed them and he placed a, uh, a cherubim with the flaming swords to keep them out of uh, the garden to keep from eating that. Let me play the devil's advocate, Will. The devil needs no advocate, Jeremy. Oh. Especially not one with the hat. Like you just put on. This is my new he devil's looks advocate. Like he's look. from Aladdin. <laughs> I've never seen anyone put oh. their hood on. All right. But keep their hood behind their ears. Well, because it looks like a do rag. My ears get hot. Oh my god. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Um. So here it is. Here's my issue. Wait a minute. So so your God is worried about his will being thwarted, so he can't. And so he, he, he brings them death, but it, it was their magical fruit that keeps them alive despite what God wants? Is it, is it in essence, is what brings them death the breaking of God's law or the they just need this real magical fruit? No, the, what brings death is the disobedience, is sin. Okay. Um, but, then, but then life was only to come through God's purpose and plan that was set into place, not the tree of life that they had access to before they sinned. And so he took away that access. So it wasn't that he was like worried about his will not being accomplished. He just accomplished it by placing a guard uh, to keep them from so, returning. So you, you don't think the Garden of Eden is still around today, do you? No. You think with the flood destroyed it? Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. It's where Atlantis is. You think so? No. No. What do you think, Jeremy? No, I think the I mean, flood it destroyed be. it. I, I think, um, yeah, I think it was guarded somehow and yeah, it was destroyed. Interesting. What do you think, Jeremy? Mm. Or do you have you thought about it? I mean, I mean, in the past thirty seconds that you asked me, yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, my my natural, I, I get that that like th- there's a very literal approach. And so, let me say this. I'll I'll, I mean, I'll preface my statement with this: that I think um, I'm not. I would probably not go stand. You know, die on this on on either a literal or a very. Um, a literal or metaphorical approach uh, with this. I think a metaphorical one, because I'm just kind of thinking it off the top of my head, would be a little harder to grasp onto, to be honest. Because we do know there's two trees there, right? In in the middle of the garden was the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is another tree that becomes the middle of their garden. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and uh, what? so, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I would look at it and say... If if it's not literal, then how I'm trying to think how the tree of life could even be taken in that they can't live in the presence of God's grace at this point. But they still are recipients of God's grace, right? They're still getting it by being allowed to live, right? But they and produce. But they no longer have um, have permanency of life. So the in, quite, their, in their physical body. So the debate though isn't whether or not there's a tree there that that could allow them to still live. That's the part that gets me though. Is that there is a tree there that a, a fruit that could let them continue? I see, I don't see why that would be a problem. I don't what's, know what's disturbing about that. Is that it seems like 
Seems like it's from like Dungeons and Dragons or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe that's yeah, what it that's is. just like maybe, little, maybe 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 what my kickback is my skepticism of that. That there, there are mystical supernatural stuff. Yeah, there. Well, it's a supernatural book. The Bible. It is. It's. I got you. It's full I got of supernatural. You. I'm things. not saying. I'm not saying I disagree. I'm trying to. Which, I mean, in the same chapter, there's a there's a serpent talking to him. So I mean, you've got yeah, so, to okay, wrestle this, through this, that so too. This, well, this is why it doesn't bother. I mean, this is why it doesn't bother me as much. Is because in a metaphysical world that exists, that I think that where demons and things of that nature exist, that metaphysical interacting with the the physical, the part that that to me makes sense versus. There is this fruit that the Lord is worried about them eating. Um, He's not worried. I mean, I mean, worried in the sense. The devil's of, advocate no, said no, no, I was no. worried. I understand what I'm saying. The Lord was worried, worried in the sense that worried. he's grieved when he has to flood. Like that mm-hmm. he's that he, not that he regrets it in the sense I wish I hadn't done this, and not worried in the sense of like, man, I'm worried that they're they're going to win. But but like obviously there's hey like we need to remove them uh, so they don't do this. Um, so that that sense of that there is. A fruit there that seems like, for the lack of better terms, some sort of Achilles heel to um, the plan, the eternal plan that's been decided beforehand. Right, and and I guess like the discomfort would be like the hypothetical idea that someone could find this tree with this fruit and eat it and get eternal life yeah. without without trusting in Jesus. Right, without like Jesus that. being right. the reason for their eternal but that, life. But that, I think that comes in the, the assurance of God's plan coming to pass. Like, God was going to make sure that no... I mean, he actually says it. He says, lest they reach out their hand and take of the tree of life that he gave before the fall, then I'm going to I'm gonna make sure that they can't do that. Yep. So his plan is to make sure that that physical... Um, that physical avenue toward immortality is taken away. Let me remove thy foot from my mouth. This was a great question. That was a great, that was great one. Good. Can you hear the next one? All right. We're going to jump to the New Testament, okay? Okay. Jumping. Thank God. Jump. Jump. Jump around. Well, I got a lot of scrolling I'm to do on my app because I'm in Genesis. A lot less inappropriate version of... Oh, uh, jump around? No. Oh. Don't do... I don't know this. You don't song. need to sing whatever you're thinking. It's fine. Luke fourteen twenty six says, "If anyone com- this is Jesus speaking. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother yeah. and wife and oh, children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple." Luke what? Fourteen. Luke fourteen verse twenty six. Yeah. So it's pretty clear. You have to hate your family, which Done. I have no problem with. Done. <laughs> it's quite easy. I wish most they would days. put aunts, uncles, cousins. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, that's simply what it means, right? So, what's the debate? That seems harsh. Yeah, he tells us to love everybody. Mm. So, the word hate, I think, kind of contradicts the love that Jesus tells us. Uh, Jeremy's got an answer for that. I'm going to look up. uh, So, let let me look up the Greek. Let let me let me let me look at this. So, I will say that Scripture does call us to love, and I don't think love is that is that warm feeling um and when god hates uh esau not jacob the hate is not an emotional one um when it's a and i know that's not the best we're talking about but i want to get to that um that's a hate of i didn't make a covenant with this person so love is a a covenantal promise uh towards each other um a promise to serve one another and so sometimes i think we go man i'm supposed to love i'm supposed to like like deeply care and emotionally you know, fall for everybody, and I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. So, um, 
now again, I'm curious what what the Greek will say, but um, I think it could be uh, okay. So we're ver- chapter fourteen, verse what? Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. It's a good translation. I mean, it's it's. Um, is it what like? I, I mean, seemingly all English translations are going to translate it into yeah. hate. Uh, it, the definition is to hate, to pursue with hatred, to detest. Um, and the only the only hint of like wiggling out of the word hatred is. Um, it it, ha- it has some sense of being used at times um, to love less by extension. So my my point love is love less than something else. My but. my point is that that is that it's not unbiblical to hate. We we can hate and should hate. Mm-hmm. Um, we should have to hate what God hates and love what God loves. And I think we are to love people in the sense of serving. But that doesn't mean that there isn't. Um, I mean, you could read the Psalms and you read David and his detest of tribes and people. And it's God's word. Psalm twelve and thirteen it doesn't seem to be teaching us. Oh, we shouldn't feel this way. Um, they're songs that God gave uh, David, um, and he seems to have some hatred. So yeah, the question is, well, why is it that we're? That I don't think that the conundrum is why are who well, can also, we hate? So he also so figures of speech are important. Um, so I would take I would take Genesis three that we just talked about in the in the tree to be very literal. Um, I think I think the context just communicates a literal story. Something it's, it's history, something that actually happened. When you get to Luke fourteen, Jesus is teaching. Um, there's a crowd that's gathered. You see in verse twenty five, great crowds accompany him, and he turns and he says this. So this is more of a sermon, and he is he is presenting what it's going to take to be a follower of him. And so context is important. And so he gives a couple of figures of speech. First, he says what we just referenced: if you don't hate your father, mother, family, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then you can't be my disciple. He also says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me can't be my disciple, which is a reference to an instrument of death. Um, so he, he's essentially saying, who also whoever doesn't kill themselves can't be my disciple now again i don't think jesus is literally calling people to commit suicide he is saying that you have to die to yourself um he then tells a story about counting the cost of building a tower so he's calling the people to count the cost if they're going to be a follower and a disciple of his what it's going to cost them and the and that passage culminates with him saying so therefore any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple and so I do think it's a figure of speech, um, and the point that Jesus is making is that you have to be willing to let go of everything in your life, and potentially even the people who are closest to you, so that He can be your supreme allegiance. So that that would be how I would explain it. But it but it is the word hate. So he, yeah, he and says I, again, I don't think it, to hate and to love is not Christians are to be able to do both, and must do both. Right. So in the the literal sense of it, I think is if is if your father, for example, said, if you become a Christian, then I'm going to disown you and you will no longer be my son. I think Jesus is literally saying you need to hate your father at that point because Jesus is more important. Yeah, and see, I, I, I would look at it hate in the sense of not even reaching them, but your covenant, your ultimate covenant is not with your father. Um, in that point, mm-hmm. your covenant is with your your heavenly Father, and so that's the one you embrace. And so you deny, right. just like God denies a covenant with Esau, we deny a covenant even with our earthly father. So I know, I know you're translating to like the emotional hate. Uh, I, I kind of still see it in that covenantal, I think, aspect. But yeah, ready for the last one? Yeah, you're excited about this one. Why are you so excited about this? I'm not. I'm just <laughs> okay. Just doing the like the not blowfish every thing. Part of yeah, the Bob- 
<laughs> I don't know what that face was about. She's like she holding her, gets excited. She's holding her breath. Have you ever seen her at a birthday party? That's exactly what she does. She's, she's trying like, to not blow out whoever's candles of the birthday she's at. <laughs> Let them have their moment. That's right. Not every part of the Bible was intended for everyone. Some people believe every word of the Bible was intended to be taken literally and obeyed by everyone for all of time, but the Bible itself couldn't contra- contradict this idea more. Leviticus 26.46 specifically states the group of laws detailed in that particular section of the Bible were a part of an agreement exclusively between God and the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy 5.2-3 details another set of laws that were valid for the Israelites of the, the, that time period, but not for other ancestors. Hebrews 8.13 describes God doing away with one set of laws and replacing them with another. Galatians 5, 4 through 6 states the old laws have been made pointless and have been replaced with a command to express faith through love. So I think some of this is just a misunderstanding of the law. Yeah. Okay, so generally speaking, so, before we get into jumping into the law, go ahead. So I w- the first thing I think that's important is that I don't want any of the conversation that comes after this to sound like any part of the Bible is not pertinent or necessary or helpful or edifying because the tendency is if something in the Bible is not directly speaking to me in the year 2022, then it's irrelevant to me. And that's, that's a, that's a faulty thinking. Um, God's given us history. God's given us law. God's given us lots of things that are very relevant. Um, and, and just because I don't observe, you know, the, the mosaic covenant, to a T. That doesn't mean that I don't need to know that and understand what God's principles are in that. So that was that was just my precursor. All right. So yeah, when so in Leviticus twenty two was one of the chapters you mentioned, correct? Just so I'm addressing what you I'm said. Sorry, what? Leviticus, Leviticus twenty two. That was one of the chapters. You, Leviticus twenty six oh, forty six. Okay. okay. Well, you could almost go to any of these. I mean, Leviticus twenty two is 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 acceptable offerings. Um, uh, so when we look at you, you have punishments for disobedience, like this this civil law there. So I'll say this: that um, the law, the, even the idea when Jesus says, and let's maybe this is something we have to like connect. How can Jesus say, okay, you know, the word's not going to pass away, right? Nothing. It's um, how is it that? Because this is, we sing a lot of songs in the church where we're talking about where we're free, we're free from the law. The law has a kind of a bad rep. David talks about how the law is perfect, um, but Jesus is clear that he, like David, right, that he that the law is is good. It's perfect. He loves the law. Um, he, the law is not going to pass away. He was pretty clear on that. So for this person who's like, yeah, we don't sacrifice bulls and we don't, um, you know, we don't, you know, if you're poor, you don't give two doves. Mm-hmm. Um, or pigeons, whatever they were. Um, how 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 can we say? Oh, yeah, this law still applies. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it, there is application of the law, even if it's not for you to keep the law. You observe right. what its principle and purpose was to its people in its context and its time, and you can apply it to your life. We did this chapter after chapter after chapter when we preached yeah. through Leviticus. Um, so so we we explained the law and then we explained its application then and we explained its application now. Yeah. And and so of course um, the 
the Old Testament law does not lead to us today sacrificing animals, mm -hmm. but it was commanded for them then. But all of it was a foreshadowing and a, a, a type of Christ so that, so that God could teach them the principle of atone, atoning sacrifice. Um, so Jesus actually does this for us, right? The, the, um, when asked um, which is the greatest commandment of the over 600 commandments, mm -hmm. he says – he says, "What what two laws summarize the entire, all of the law? To love the Lord, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, body, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself." Right? right. Th those two. So, what Jesus is saying, right? All of the laws are directing us to do those two things better. Yep. So, so when someone says, "Oh, we don't observe the principle," maybe not to the letter in the sense of like if a woman's menstruating, we don't leave her uh, away from the camp for a week. But there's a reason right. for that. It's because of all the weird worship and mystical stuff around blood, especially uh, and and sacrificing children. But but so that understanding that law will lead people to that first commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and strength. So um, whereas. I mean, Leviticus straight up says to love your neighbor as yourself. But mm. um, you know, if it's if it's something about uh, the way the, when the dealing with slaves, mm -hmm. um, which which is very different than the way that America had slaves, but that's a whole different podcast. But um, th that was much more about loving your neighbor, right? Treating them kindly or treat them with respect. Um, so laws dealing with with the community. Loving your neighbor, um, and so all of them have principles that still apply. Some of them, some of the purpose of them, um, is obviously to point to Jesus, and all of this is foreshadowing. But again, they still have they have still principles that apply. I hope that explains some of that. What, um, so what, I, yeah, I just think the real danger here is of saying that yeah, well that doesn't apply to us leads to like. Um, I won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't name names, but like yeah. certain pastors that, that are like, oh, you know, like Standy Anley, who yeah, would just Stanley say, <laughs> um, just say, hey, we don't need the Old Testament. Yeah, let's unhitch ourselves. Right. Um, it, but you know what also it can do? You can also, you know what, there's that first group of laws in the Old Testament, but then, you know what, there's some group, there's New Testament laws too that really don't apply anymore. Right. Um, they, they don't really fit our culture today. Versus saying no, this is you're supposed to understand it in the in the in the narrative in which it's told, in the gospel presentation which is told, that some things are foreshadowings, but there's still principles behind it. So when we look at the sacrificing of bulls and goats, right, we can look and see, oh, God had this beautiful plan of redemption and salvation through through the death of Jesus and um, through His resurrection. So that tells us that t the purpose of it is to tell us the gospel story prior that God had this, all this foreknown and preplanned. So you mentioned Galatians 5 as one as one part of that, which is a good mm -hmm. example of not following the Old Testament law to the letter um, any longer, but still acknowledging the principle. And you know what topic Paul's dealing with in Galatians 5? Circumcision. Woo! He brings up circumcision, and he's saying Paul, uh -huh. Paul's making the case that um, that we like our covenant sign is no longer circumcision, but we're in Christ and we're, we're baptized. And he yeah. actually compares the baptism being the new covenant symbol of that. Even explain you don't have to get your kids circumcised. And so he says, yeah, you don't have to be circumcised. It's good and then, tip. And then in uh, in Galatians, the the people the people there, the Judaizers were were encouraging everyone to to follow this to the letter and yeah. we're trying to make everyone be circumcised and actually in chapter 5 verse 12 paul says i wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves oh he's saying just just go all the way yep. with your with your legalism yeah stop breeding 
I love that that's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it, it, but it is it is a good point, right? It, it's a really good point because circumcision had a. It's not that it, it's not that its principle doesn't matter anymore. It's not like oh, it's irrelevant anymore. Right. It had a, It's almost like the purpose has changed. Yeah. Right. But in in, in a sense, um, where the audience has changed. Right. It's 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 post resurrection. And and some of it's just you you need to know biblical history, like like God recorded things in biblical history for a reason, and they're pertinent and relevant to modern saints. Okay. Are you speechless? You have nothing to add. Or say, Let's talk more you? about circumcision. No, we can. Let's don't. Okay. We've. Uh, I think we've covered it a little too much lately. No, I got a text message that was distracting. Sorry. It's okay. I should have turned my phone off. Um, but I was using. We can it, go so. over it all again. No. No, I'll go back and I always go back and listen to make sure you all didn't say anything that was inappropriate, or that I didn't say anything inappropriate. Well, it's too late by the time you listen. It's already out there. I know, but airwaves. I got to prepare myself because usually I get a text message either every Friday or like every Saturday. I get some sort of message from somebody commenting, complaining about us. No, not complaining, but like just commenting or you know. Oh my goodness! Something that must be stressful. No, it's usually always funny. Oh, okay, good. It's not us- it's not usually controversial at all. So well, it's usually while funny. we're still in the air, I wanted to publicly repent to you and apologize for any stress that this podcast brings you. It doesn't bring, but me I stand stress. by my stress, list. I don't believe that I referenced my Facebook comment. Okay, that didn't feel like an apology at all. I know. Hmm. That sounded like you're doubling down. I am on certain things. <laughs> you know what? It's about time you, we just end this thing. Yeah, and you can take him in the other to. room and I'm do gonna, a beat down. No, I can't take him in the other room. There's children there. We're going to meet out in the parking lot. By You're going to get by stabbed. the dumpster. Parking lot. By right, the dumpster. Stabbed. Fine. The dumpster. I meet many people by that dumpster back there. <laughs> Bet okay, you do. That's Bet you do, okay. weirdo. <laughs> How do you think we met? Stop. I'm sorry. I am distracted. Camping out back there. Yeah. Um, so. Hey, you want a pastor? <laughs> <laughs> Got a staff position open. You interested? Oh, my gosh. So, um, so we had some interesting questions today. Tal found Baker, too. He's back there. Yep. I bet he was. He looks kind of bummy sometimes. And he's Jeremy and Baker cute. were back there warming themselves in a barrel fire. Good golly. It's true. It's true. All right, so um, next week we are... Is next week the week before Halloween? I don't know. I believe next week's episode we will be covering... Uh, Hang on, Jamie, Jamie, can you check on that for us? Oh, yeah, he's going to go and pull it up. Yeah, Jamie says yes. Oh, okay, so next week we're going to be covering a topic that was sent in by one of our listeners about Jeffrey Dahmer and just covering some basics of Halloween-y... Halloweeny stuff. Let's mm, not call it Halloweeny. <laughs> Let's. We're gonna cover Halloween. Excuse me. Want to talk about circumcision I again? Mean, you're right. You pulled up circumcision. <laughs> you talked about menstruation earlier. Like let's let's it's, talk it's about. In the, it's in the law. What do you want me to do? God talks about it. Well, I'm next week we'll be talking about cannibalism. Oh yeah. So. God, why would you say that? Like Randy Savage in that way. <laughs> Snap into a slim gym. That's the reaction oh. that I like to. Stop. <laughs> like to, who knew it? 
<laughs> that was that was old Dahmer's so, favorite. Um, snap into a slim or a snap into a slim gym. We will be covering in a few those. weeks. Please stop talking. Okay. In a few mind. weeks, we're going to be covering the topic of reformation. And does it? Do we still? Does it still apply? Um, so, if you have any questions on that, please submit them on our app um, through the connect, through the comment, through the something. Ask a question, and um, I'm going to say have a good weekend and thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.